Hey listeners, you've clicked on another episode of the spin-off show, spinning off of the Jock and Nerd podcast. Thanks for your support. On this episode, I have on a former coworker who now I don't work with, obviously, because he's a former coworker, but we still keep in touch. And in working with him, I learned that he is actually a blogger, writer, podcaster, similar to myself, except he writes, but he focuses on sports. His name's Brian Franklin. His website is called lmbfsports.com, or you could also find it at letmebefrankblog.com. And on that site, he writes about sports. He has a team of writers of over 20 writers that all contribute. Um, They do podcasts. They write about culture, pop culture. Um, He's got multiple podcasts in his network, at least three or four. I think even five, maybe. Who knows? He talks about it on the show. On this particular episode, we get into sports because this is his forte. And one of his main passions is college sports. So we definitely get into a lot of NCAA basketball and football talk. Uh, We have a really good conversation. I really enjoyed talking to Brian. He's very well-spoken. And uh, I like nerding out about sports with someone that enjoys sports just as much as I. So thanks for listening. And check out the great and the awesome Brian Franklin. This is the Jock Spinoff Show. So what's up, Brian? How's it going, man? I'm doing well. How you been? I've been good, man. So for those that don't know, um, Brian and I used to work together, and now we still keep in touch, obviously. And in working with Brian and kind of just learning about him, he has his own sports blog. He has a couple podcasts. But it's better if, Brian, you just tell everybody what you're all about. You were nailing it, man. You were nailing it. So Yeah, but you, it's better hearing it from you, so... Yeah, the, I mean, we can go full background story. I can give yeah. you a brief overview. Go full background. We got time. Yeah, this, why not? This isn't a 20-minute interview. This is us hanging out. Absolutely. Uh, so 2016, I was graduating college between a couple interviews and didn't really like the options I had. So I had decided that I was going to take time off and just try and do something that I've never done before. Decided to start the sports blog because I hated writing. I hated people reading my writing. So, <laughs> so I, you decided to write a, make a blog. Exactly. So I figured <laughs> the best way to get over that fear is just to dive headfirst into it. So I started it up, um, asked like six or seven of my buddies from high school if they wanted to join, and only one said yes. Nice. Then uh, after we started a little bit, another hopped in, but... It was pretty much me just trying to get over my fear of writing and publishing things and having people read and also fill up my spare time because when you graduate college and you don't have a job, there is a lot of dead time that you don't realize. And some of that's really great, but other times you want to do something productive. So long story short, I decided to do that to kill time. And uh, you know, it's been three years uh, as of two months ago, so things have been going pretty well. And what, What's the name of it? It's called Let Me Be Frank Blog. I'm LMBF Sports. I mean, it's got so many different names that we've decided to change it to and <laughs> fix it to. Um, when I was in school, I decided I wanted to do this, like I said, and the name just kind of like popped into my head. So I decided, why not? It seems like a, a, a catchy title and a catchy name. And from there, we've grown it to, you know, 20 ish 
part-time writers and Jeez. a lot of, a lot of friends of friends and things like that. And there's, it's a really cool group that has, I don't think we've met, everyone's met everyone yet, but there's still a lot of like camaraderie and, and, and uh, it's always fun during big sporting events because the, the group message and stuff like that'll get going. So what, what's the name of the website again, if people want to type it up? Yeah. So let me be Frank blog, L E T M E B F R ankblog.com or you, you can go, go com. as I recently recently decided to purchase the domain and redirect it. So are you going to re- rebrand LMBF Sports eventually? We kind of have we kind of have over the last 6 or so months just uh social wise it's been easier than people saying like oh what the hell is let me be frank blog right it, you know LMBF Sports just says it all. I like that better. Yeah, it it rolls much better. So I was kind of mad at myself for not thinking of that right away. And then, you know, establishing a website and all this stuff that is so hard to move over and so costly to do when I really don't want to spend the money on it anyways to uh, to move it over. But it's it's worked out pretty well. It's So is it slowly moving over or they both just direct to the same site? Yeah, they, they both redirect to the same spot. Gotcha. And then you have podcasts as well. Correct. So we have... A mini network is what I'll call it, but we've got, I believe, six different shows. I host three of them, ranging from you know just random general topics on sports to we have a hockey podcast, baseball. I do college sports, gambling, and I host the the regular show. But there's a whole bunch of different stuff, so you know we we try to go sports specific, and we have certain people that are really good. In each of those topics, our hockey podcast is awesome. The baseball one's really great. If I do say so myself, the college sports one is top notch. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually the best college sports podcast on the internet, hosted by two Bryans. I will guarantee you that. Okay. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> college sports season is my busiest time of year. College basketball is my favorite sport. Um, so we record once a week, about an hour, hour and a half, and break down all the big games, all the big news and, and look ahead to the week ahead. But uh, yeah, so we've got a mini network and I host three of those shows. What are the names? So that if people yeah. want to, by the end of this, if people are like, man, I like, I like Brian Franklin. I'm going to check out his podcast. Yeah. Honestly, the best way to get there is uh, just lmbfsports.com. But the shows we've got go with the flows, the hockey podcast, shoeless goat is baseball, uh, both the Cubs and Sox fan co-hosted. So nice little play Take on there. Me, yeah. And then uh, we've got the B Fox and B Frank show, the two Bryans, um, LMBF podcast, just the first one we ever did. Uh, that so we gave it the very generic name, and then I uh, also do the spread option, which is the gambling show. There you go. How does it feel to have a now in a podcast network and a blog um, named after yourself? How, how chauvinistic is that? I know, right. <laughs> so modest i am yeah. um, it it's weird because <laughs> some people like friends of friends i'll be out and you know we'll meet people and they'll be like oh wait you're b frank i'm like uh yeah that's me and they're like dude I, I love reading your site or you know you're an idiot because this take was so dumb but yeah. like, it's it's pretty interesting never really expected much of it and you know we were going nuts when we hit twenty thousand views and that was like the craziest thing and now we're over you know quarter of a million so it's just been. Uh, Is that in the year or how? No, I wish <laughs> oh. all time. Um, all time, nice. Things have slowed down a little bit. You know, people. Our our group originally was college age students, and 
as they start graduating, they realize that there's less free time when you work a full-time job. Yes. And then, you know, they were always complaining about college, like, oh, I have no free time. I'm like, dude, you're going out to party four nights a week. You've got time to write. Right. But, uh, yeah, so as as this thing's grown, it's kind of been surreal because I only expected to do it until I got a full-time job. So I thought this was going to be a couple-month thing, and here we are three years later. It's still kicking. Why, why do you think it's still going? Uh, we've just got such a tight-knit group, I think. Like I said, it's very weird um kind of set up because most people haven't met each other i haven't even met everyone at least not in person how did you acquire these people yeah so some people just come to the site and are like hey i'd love to write um i enjoy sports and and like to do this and we're like Mm -hmm. hey send in a sample and we'll read it and honestly i think we've only ever turned down like two people because the writing just was that bad but everyone else (laughs) has been so great and there's like a just a quality that everyone seems to have where our goal was we this is going all over the place but essentially we were like the age group that grew up watching sports center mm-hmm. and as sports center kind of lost its magic if you will um trying to like keep up with social media and stuff like that where it's so hard instead of sitting down to watch an hour of sports center i just scroll through twitter and see all the highlights i need to see because i follow my favorite teams right so as they were kind of falling off and then becoming so like superstar centric like lebron james i he's an unbelievable talent but i just don't want to hear about what he had for lunch in la sure all the time over the summer and then have a debate about it absolutely so (laughs) and then the debates get like so boring so we we kind of wanted to do what every single person i think who writes a sports blog nowadays does and give like unfiltered opinions on things Mm -hmm. we're not to like the level of trying to start fights and everything like that but if you've got an opinion and you feel strongly about it go for it um a good example is i think jay cutler is the best quarterback the bears have ever had so people are all over me about that one but it's like that's my opinion. I will try and back it up as well as I can. And you can argue it as, as much as you want. And until someone changes my mind, it's going to be that way. <laughs> nice. Who's uh? are you running the site day to day? Yeah. So it's, there's really not too much maintenance. Um, okay. I, I have a couple people that help me out that do like editor in chief air quotes, if you will, uh, reading through posts and stuff like that. But most of the back end stuff and, the technical things I've just kind of picked up along the way and have been trying to do. So we went through like a host migration recently because we were getting absolutely destroyed on the cost. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up just being like, Hey, this is what they charge me. I know they're a competitor of yours. If you can cut down, you know, 30%, I'll sign a two year deal with you right now. And they were like, yes, let's do it. So nice. I had to go through that. And then, uh, they, kind of lied about how easy it would be to switch over. Most sites have like a plugin that you can just set up. So it's through WordPress for anyone that uses WordPress or doesn't know a ton of websites use it. And uh, mm-hmm. it's With pretty a, simple. WordPress as well. Yeah. So it's pretty simple. As you know, you know, most things you can either use as a plugin or if you know a little bit of coding, you can, you can go into the theme and, and just mess around with it there. But we, we had to do a couple different things that I, uh, Took a little too long to figure out, but I, I figured it out eventually. So to answer your question, yes, I do most of the back-end, day-to-day operations of it. But are you getting content with, your? you said 20 people now? Correct. Are you getting content every day, it looks like? Sometimes. It Sometimes. depends what's going on. Yeah. Um, 
This is almost the dead part, though. Yeah, so this is the worst time of year because there's nothing going on. NBA draft, and then we got nothing. Yeah, so there is... Like we'll we'll spring up a couple things, and this is the time of year where I tell people like get creative, do what you want. Um, mm-hmm. If you hear something like this is this is the time of year where you get first takey, you know Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith type. <laughs> you find something that you want to point out that's a flaw, you do it. Um, I went on a rant the other day about people complaining about the U.S. Women's National Team scoring 13 goals on Thailand. So. It's just that was one of those insane. Thir- I never thought I'd yeah. see 13 goals in a soccer game. It was 3 nothing at halftime. Like, Unbelievable. They exploded in the second half. Um, so, yeah, they. I was just mad that the Canadians were talking bad about the U.S. and saying like it was classless and things like that. Because these are women that are world-class athletes at the top of their game. Goal difference is a measure. There's, I mean, the U.S. is in first now in their group because of the fact that they have goal difference. Right. So... If you don't want people to do that, don't make it a thing. Mm-hmm. It's true. Absolutely. I mean, that, that with that, with the thirteen goals, I mean, they've already they're they're going to win any tiebreaker, right? <laughs> like it's already they've already eliminated but that. That's a nice concern. place to be. Yeah, no, know? it's great. Yeah, no, it's, it's strategically, you are you are already are you've eliminated the concern of oh, what if we ever what if we tie and it comes down to this because mm-hmm. it's already over. Right. So I, I saw no problem with it. Like I didn't like the celebrations because I thought they were poor celebrations. I thought they could have done way better, but that's about it. You need some water there, bud. I know. I can feel it. <laughs> what, what happened? It just comes and goes sometimes, you know? That voice? That podcaster voice. You know it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then how often are... I know you personally... Your your podcasting is probably like taking a little bit of a dive just because college college sports is done. Yeah, or at least the sports that matter. Um, right. But how often are podcasts coming out from your network? Once a week, really? Um, yeah. So we'll get uh, baseball is usually Monday mornings, mm-hmm. and then uh, the hockey guys are a little more inconsistent just because of how, especially in the playoffs, you wanna you don't want to be middle or late series unless it's like going to game seven. And you don't, you know, you don't want to be recording the night of a game four when it's three nothing and talk about a series and then have someone get swept and then be like, all right, well, we just wasted an entire hour talking about this series. Mm-hmm. So they they are a little more inconsistent, but they usually get it in around once a week. And then during uh, college sports season, we'll have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday um, shows released. So it's each show, but on a different day of the week. And are you? Um Back in putting this all up as well. Yeah, so I do all the editing Jeez and then uh, posting. We actually so not for everything. Mm-hmm. The hockey guys have their own. Uh, one of the hosts. We, so we have three hosts in the hockey show, and go with the flow. They they have their own editor, and then the baseball podcast. I just taught one of my buddies how to edit. It's really like we don't do a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. They just add like intro music and fix up a couple different things that they hear. Mm-hmm. So it's not like crazy editing or technical or anything like that, but it's certainly time consuming. I mean, with, you know, you work a full-time job too, knowing mm-hmm. you. So how are you finding the time to do this and run a blog and, you know, edit podcasts? You just make time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way to do I it. Mean, you have to, at this point, you like doing it. I do. Yeah. Um, it There are certainly times where it feels like a drag or it feels like, man, I'm doing all this work and there's just not as big a rewards as I had expected or not, mm-hmm. you know, 
the views or the listens, pretty much the typical things that anyone who starts a site or a podcast goes through. But honestly, the reward's been incredible. I really enjoy doing it and I like being able to talk about things. So I think it helps me articulate things more clearly in both interpersonal conversations, but just regular day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And the writing has helped me out tremendously. Man, that voice comes and goes, huh? Yeah, it'll be like this the entire time. <laughs> Apologies to everyone in advance. Man, everyone was highly anticipating me talking to you, and you're just gonna, you're just gonna fucking uh, lay a goose egg with that voice. Let everyone down, dude. You're just letting. Yeah, I mean, you can't handle the heat, huh? The pressure. It's allergy season, man. I don't know is what it? to tell you. Are, you, are your allergies acting up? So bad. So like bad, especially with all the rain. Yeah, the spring spring's pretty bad. The fall depending on how mild it is can get really bad too. I mean, yes, so we're recording this is June Sunday, June 16th. Yesterday it was like 55 and rainy all day. I know. So that it's, messed everything on. up. No, I know. That that that's what I'm saying. It's This is what is this summer going to? Uh, I mean, June 21st, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It should be June 21st, I guess. I guess they they really just want to go by the calendar, by the book here. <laughs> um so you how long, how long have you guys been doing this? Three, four years now. Three years. So Three years. started end of pretty much end of April. So right before, like I registered the site and things like that, but I don't think I wrote anything until May, early mm-hmm. May. I think the first thing I ever wrote was about Vegas becoming a an official hockey team. Yeah. So that was kind kind of ironic, but that was the first thing I ever wrote. I believe either You're that bit- or free agency something along those lines something about hockey though you're a big vegas guy i know that yeah big time i'm going to vegas on uh friday so the, the the spinoff show will be taking a hiatus next week <laughs> because i won't be around or That's I'll be, awesome. i won't i won't have the brain cells to uh right. want to do anything after i return <laughs> that's the worst when i get the schedule all set up like i'll record sunday nights for the college sports podcast yeah and I go on a trip or something, like a weekend trip, and I get back, I'm like, oh, shit, I have to do this show. I can curse, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Um, I should know. I've already listened to this multiple times. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, damn, I've got to record a show, and I'm just so wiped out. Like, I just oh, yeah. I land off the plane. I text my co-host. I'm like, dude, I'll be home in 30 minutes, and then we can get this going. I don't. I just drop my stuff and start recording. I try to now, if I'm doing a podcast, I try to not come in hungover because... I think it just it just like ruins. I don't think the listener can tell, but for me, it just makes I don't it makes me miserable doing the show. It makes me yeah. not firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. So I try not to uh, do a lot of heavy drinking before any pod, or the day even the day before a pod. Like I, I want to try to be as clear headed as possible when I'm talking right. to somebody. It's the focus that's the hardest thing. Yes, yeah, it is the focus. Like I can find myself looking at other things while I'm podcasting if I'm not. Right. Um, you can just tell you don't have your A game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, back to the, the podcasting and the blogging. Sure. Is this still a passion project where it's taking money out of your pocket or have you found ways to monetize it yet? Or We we kind of just offset costs. We yeah. haven't really so gone you're, you're breaking even. Yeah, pretty much. That's good. And that's all. I mean, at first, I think there was a point for sure where we hit like our air quote big break and we're getting, you know, 15,000 views a month and things Mm -hmm. were going really well. And 
where we thought, all right, like how, how do we do this? Like where, where do we turn to kind of bring in some money so that we can upgrade things or, you know, pay people a couple bucks a post or we used to have contests for whoever wrote the most posts or whoever had the most views. We give them like a $50 bonus for the month or stupid things like that. And it was college kids. So it was easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the guys that were running it with me are all, we're all working. So they were like 50 bucks is nothing or we'd all chip in 10 bucks or something. And right get it there but uh after a little while we we kind of hit a little lull about a year ago i'd say like summer Mm -hmm. um and you know just because there's not anything going on and there's a million people that write about the cubs and half the group more than half the group is cubs fans and one of my buddies a diehard Sox fan he writes about the Sox now pretty much every day because he's like I've seen the real world and I hate the real world. If I can write about baseball at any point in my life, I'm going to do it. I'm like, this is what I've been trying to get across to people. Is he just out of college? No. So he's my age, but he, you know, when you first start your job or first start working, things are kind of new and exciting. Right. After being there three years, now he's like, good God, there's got to be something else. <laughs> that, that, that That's actually a good point. Not, not that I hate where I work. Um, right. But you know, doing these, you have to, once you get like settled in into the real world and you're out mm-hmm. of college for at least a year or two, you, you start to realize that you need other outlets outside of just work. Yeah. Hobbies. And, and, and it can't just be the weekend either. Like you, you, right. you can't just be living for your weekends. You need hobbies that fill your time Monday, Tuesday, 100%. Wednesday, you know? So for me doing these pot, you know, we record these on Thursday, the, the Jock and Nerds recorded on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. These spinoff shows are recorded um, whenever I make time with a guest. But then we do some other stuff for um, Patreon, which I'm actually going to recommend to you as well. Um, but the, these things kind of help you just kind of have an outlet get throughout get get through the get through the days, the weeks where you're like, ah, oh, man, right. like I'm stuck in my job doing a nine to five. Yeah, I totally agree, and I feel like it keeps you refreshed. Part, yeah. And it's it keeps you from being that guy when someone, guy or girl, whoever it may be, when you're talking to new people or you meet friends for the first time or whatever. And they're like, oh, what do you do? You talk about your job. And then it's like, oh, what else do you like to do? And you're right. like, I have nothing else going on in my yeah, life. Yeah, I like to go out and drink. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, so does everybody. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what else do you do? I think it's cool when, do you, like, when people ask me, like, hey, what are, what are some of your hobbies? And I tell them my podcast. They're like, "What, really? That's kind of cool." Like, I always, I always get a good reaction when I tell people I podcast. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because I think it varies by person you're talking to. Yeah, that's um, true. There's there's a lot of people like, "What? What's that?" Yeah. So I feel like, especially now with like the rise of barstool, especially in the millennial age group or the you know twenty to thirty year old male. Mm-hmm. everyone's like oh you're trying to be like a bar stool bro it's like <laughs> not no just trying to do my own thing just right. talk you know talk about the things i like and hopefully people you know can can convey fair i can convey feelings that other people feel and that's you know they get along with it but at the same time it's like if you scroll through i, I think of it this way uh twitter has become mm-hmm. had become like too big of an outlet for me to put my feelings not mm-hmm. that I'm like emotional or anything like super emotional <laughs> like or anything like that, but yeah. you know, I'd watch a Bears game and like every single play I'd have to tweet something. And oh, I, I think, used to do that too. I think like there has to be a better way. Like people have to be so annoyed. I don't know how anyone still follows me. And if anyone would like to follow me at B Franklin nineteen ninety three. But I do I mean I still am 
doing it for like my college's basketball games. I certainly do it for that. But I have, I mean, I have like a good following of school fans and, and different things like that where it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, people, I've got to be annoying the hell out of people that just don't yeah. care about the school. So when I realized that, I was like, all right, it's just a better outlet, I think. There are always 100%. better ways to do things. Well, I used to be that guy, too, when it came to, like, Bears, yeah. Bulls, Cubs, Illini games. I, I would live tweet everything. All my thoughts were just coming right. out. Like, that's a fucking horrible play. Why would yep. you run the ball? You know, st- stupid stuff like that. And then um, I realized through, like, blog- blogging. I used to blog, and then I stopped doing that because I just hate writing. And then it's once tough, I got into po- yeah, and then once I got into podcasting, I'm like, this is perfect because, yeah. like Twitter, the the conversation you're having on Twitter, it it's so limited. Even with now, what was it, 280 characters now? Yeah, I think so. But I mean, even then, it's so limiting, right? And everyone, and you're just, it's Twitter feels like you're screaming into the void, right? Whereas podcasting, we can have conversations like this where it's drawn out. They're long form mm-hmm. conversations. You can get the context of what I'm saying. I'm not talking to you in, in um, audio clips. And the thing is too, is, you know, I can just release these things. And if you find me and you click on it and you like it, then great. You know, you, you, you relate to me. You like my opinions. You right. can keep listening. If you don't like it, you just don't have to listen. Like Absolutely. unlike Twitter where like, if you follow me and I start tweeting a bunch of stuff, you know, if eventually if you don't like it, you might just unfollow me. Mm-hmm. which I don't really want. Right. Um, or get here, muted. Yeah, or get muted. Where here, it's like, if this is your choice. You can come and you can join the discussion. You can listen to me or you cannot. But I'm free to do whatever I want right here. Right. And, you know, as long as I don't um, broadcast this to the wrong people, I'm I'm in a kind of a, air quotes, safer space. Right. <laughs> Rather than Twitter where anything can be mis- misinterpreted and all of a sudden now you've you've... People are digging up tweets about you that you yeah. tweets that you said in college when you were a dumbass. Right, time hop is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> like going back and seeing, I, I mean, Facebook does the memories too. Mm-hmm. So I've I've actually been using Facebook again because I make it a goal every morning to look back at the memories from that day and just delete any stupid things that I've ever posted. <laughs> I used and to like, be on time hop. But go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, like, I miss the days of social media where, like, you could post lyrics of a song that was super popular, and yeah. everyone would be like, "Oh, I love that song," or you get like eighty-seven likes on something stupid. Like, I remember <laughs> when "Runaway" came out by Kanye, and everyone's just like, "Let's have a toast to, for the douchebags." Yeah, it's like, oh my god, that is the greatest status I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but then, like, Twitter came out, and I thought it was so stupid originally because I thought it was just oh, you're just taking Facebook statuses and putting them in that, a different way? That's exactly way. what I thought it was, too. So I was like, I hate this. And then three or four months go by, and I go to college, and everyone I go to school with has a Twitter. I'm like, all right, I made one, but I never really used it. Mm-hmm. And I finally got on, and I'm like, I love this. Twitter is the greatest <laughs> invention ever. I, I have a, a similar relationship with Twitter. So Twitter started becoming a thing when I was towards the end of my college career. So I think it was my junior or senior year. It might have been my junior year. Mm-hmm. And at first, it's like, oh, I did the same thing. It's Facebook status. And I used to right. even link my Facebook to my Twitter. And just yeah. whatever I tweeted out was also my Facebook. And then I quickly realized that you tweet way more often than you would ever have Facebook status. Right. So that became annoying. Um, but then I was, I was doing Twitter and I was realizing, oh, like, this is kind of like a show. It is. So I started l- l- trying to craft my tweets to be entertaining uh-huh. or be inspirational 100%. or be yes. some sort of quote from somewhere. 
And then I really quickly realized after a while that A, that's douchey as fuck. <laughs> Can be, for sure. Depending B, on what you're going for. Yeah. B, um, it's exhausting. It to is. Be, to try to be creative with everything you put out. So then after that, I think I went through this phase where I was just live tweeting sports. Yeah. Or I was uh, four squaring like where I was. Oh. So if I was at Wrigley Field, you know, Wrigley Field, or I would put out what I was listening to. So what, what music I was listening to. I'm a, I'm a big time guy with that on Instagram stories. Yeah. So like probably once a week, whatever song I'm just like re- cannot stop listening to because it just happens like that. Yeah. I'll just throw it up on the Instagram story and more often than not, someone will be like, you're a fucking loser. But <laughs> I'm like, hey, I like this song. And if you don't like it, that's okay. I, yeah, I've started to stray away from doing I used to do that a lot on Twitter, and then I switched over to Snapchat, and I would do it on Snapchat, and then yeah. I was doing it a little bit on Instagram, but I've really cooled off on that. Um, I've really just cooled off in general on social media. The only social media I really look at now is Instagram. Um, I wish I did. I, you, you should. I'm trying so hard, but I just love Twitter. Like, There's nothing better this, that's true. Twitter's than like, a big game, scrolling through Twitter and just seeing the ridiculousness going on, especially in the NBA. Like I, so I think Twitter has been unbelievably helpful for the NBA because it's getting people like me who love college basketball more interested in the game because mm-hmm. of just like NBA Twitter. You know, it's, it's its own thing. And the people there are just so quick and so freaking funny with all the stuff they do. Like Kawhi especially has been just so unbelievably good for NBA social media. Oh, 100%. Well, see, the, the Twitter, see, I don't follow Twitter as much anymore, but I used to just for news and for, I yeah. follow my favorite um, personalities, columnists. Yeah. Not, not, not celebs, but columnists. And I liked their takes on Twitter, their live analysis on stuff. Right. Um, but Instagram's been awesome for Kawhi just because of all, like, they've taken his face and his laugh and put it yes. on everything. Uh, I, the, the, the creativity on Instagram with these where they cut off the heads and put them in movie scenes with people yeah. is just unbelievable. They, like, and they put those out like minutes after the game is over. Those people need, like, where are those people getting jobs? Because they need to be hired by like these bigger companies that need right? video editors and whatnot. The, the, that has been amazing. The, I mean, the Kawhi laugh has, ever since he signed with Toronto and now that they're champions, that the Kawhi laugh. laugh has become... <laughs> it's just like, like following him around recently too during yeah. their championship celebration like i think they were in vegas the they other were in day vegas, yeah and he was just sitting in a cabana by himself <laughs> and they were like yeah he's just killing time till the season starts well what's funny about him is he is he's kind of an enigma yeah he's not your typical basketball athlete where you can tell like lebron and um you know russell westbrook and uh, Kevin Durant stuff. They all kind of enjoy the limelight. They all are, yeah. you know, big. Per- they're they're big personalities, right? They're performers too, right? Right. But Kawhi is all a big personality, but in all the ways that you don't think a big personality would exist. He's Tim Duncan again. Yeah, Tim Duncan, except even more awkward. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think Kawhi tries to be like the NBA superstar, but in his own way. I think that's what you were just saying, yeah. but. He tries to do it, and it's just like so strange, so well, different. He, I mean, he, he obviously like the people around him are like, you have to market yourself. So he's got the claw thing going, yeah. But then I believe he has a shoe deal with New Balance right now, he which does. is hilarious. I love yeah. it. I love <laughs> and, it, and it is so Kawhi Leonard. Um, and then you know he plays in Toronto, yeah. which um, it's like. Than, 
it's perfect, like perfect. New Balance City. Yeah, yeah, it's it just perfect. Like this is this guy in Canada that is now considered, you know, the one of the best, if not the best player in the world, and he is so like any interview with him, it's is he's so like reserved and kind of matter of fact. Yeah, they were like. The, the other day when they lost the in game five, the reporter goes, how come you didn't take the shot? And he, just, he just goes, well, they had two guys coming at me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not, you know, Russ would be like, oh, well, you know, I uh, I wanted to take the shot, but it wasn't, it just wasn't the good, the exact look I needed or something like that. And he's just yeah. like, well, they had two guys guarding me and that means somebody's open. So I passed the ball. Right, right. Or, or like he didn't react in a negative way where, you know, Russ or maybe LeBron would be like, yeah. that's a stupid question. I was getting double teamed. What do you right. want me to do? Right. It's like they had two guys coming at me. Exactly. Pass the ball. That was it. So I, I mean, Kawhi is just ascension because I, I don't. You don't. Do you follow NBA? I do. Like I, I don't watch the games very often. I'll watch a little bit in the playoffs, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll pay attention to like what's going on. The off season is my favorite part. So oh, the, I, I mean, love the NBA draft. I love free agency. I love all that stuff. Well, the NBA. I'm taking a like a, a step back. The NBA has done a fantastic job of making themselves a 24/7, 365 sport. 100. percent I think they, the I think they do it the best. Of the NHL. Oh yeah, I think they do it. I think they do it better than the NFL. To be honest with you, they do. And the, the NFL, NFL does a really too good much job. Time off. That's true. The NFL has too much time off. But the NBA, you have the season, which is ridiculously long. Mm-hmm. I, but then you have the draft right after, and then they do they do summer league. Summer league's like great. Two weeks after, but then during summer league they also have free agency. Mm-hmm. So that like will just last you the entire summer, and then yeah. training camp starts in September, and by then oh, you're like oh basketball's back. They 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 do the best job keeping themselves relevant the entire they year. They I mean, baseball obviously have a shine because it's the only sport going on. But the mm-hmm. fact that the NBA was smart enough to take a chance and like set up summer league and stuff like that. I mean, I know summer league's been going on for a long time, but to monot, you know, um, I can't even think of the right word, but just take, take the, uh, take advantage of the opportunity that was at hand and mm-hmm. people, you know, baseball always, always have its place in America, or at least it should, because it's, it's a fun game. It's great to watch and it's perfectly nice to enjoy on a great summer day, but it's not going to be that captivating sport for you for 162 no, games. That, that's the problem with baseball is it's just, well, the game, the games are, are too long. Yeah. Still. Um, and you, with 162 is just a terrible number. It is. I, I've <laughs> they, been saying, I mean, I think 82 in the NBA and the NHL is still too it's, long. That's as well. too long. Yes. No, the, 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 every season needs to be shortened except the NFL. Yeah. I think the NFL has a sweet spot right now. I don't think they've been talking about adding two more. I think that would be dumb. I, I mean, I, I think I agree with that. I, I feel like they need, Kind of like the G League, but not like a, a separate minor league, if you will. They need something else to fill some time, though, because there's so many guys out there that are talented. Yeah, and there are so many guys on the team that just don't play. They, I mean, they need if they're gonna go to two more games, they need to expand the rosters by like twenty. Hundred percent. They, I don't understand why they don't have more bigger rosters. I know, I know, it's to save money, but. You need bigger rosters. They do. And honestly, they can do like the practice squad thing where you get 10 spots or whatever and just expand that and only pay those guys like the practice squad f- fees, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like 100 grand or 50 grand, whatever it is. 
that's I mean that saves money right there. Like, oh damn, we're gonna lose two million extra dollars as opposed to five hundred k or whatever it is or a million. Mm-hmm. Oh, woe is me! You know the the billion dollar machine that is the NFL. Right, right. I if it were up to me, I would say the NBA and the NHL should both start up around like December or right after like Thanksgiving. That's interesting. I mean, I I don't disagree. Because of the fact, like, if you shorten the season, it would make total sense because you can still do the playoffs as they are. Yeah, the playoffs are fine. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I think that's a good idea. It just kind of depends on, like, logistics are always a nightmare. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's the other hard part. But, well, if, yeah, if we were to, like, tweak all the sports, like the NBA, for me, I'd, that's when I'd start it. I'd also make, take the first round and go back to best of five. Yes. Because, Best of seven is ridiculous. First off, there's hardly any ever ups ever any upsets in right. basketball. Make it best of five so that there might be a chance of an upset. Absolutely. I mean, um, that's that's one of those things that like who was the last team to really the Warriors maybe the, the the we believe Warriors back in the day. I mean, that was an eight versus a one. Yeah, that was the, the last eight versus one. Yeah, the Bulls well, the pushed Bulls, the Celtics to the limit. That. What, the Bulls oh, lost to the something? Sixers eight to one, but that's when Derrick Rose got hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But most think, of the time, I mean, I the to best push that team, out of my brain. Yeah, that, that was I was actually at that game too. Oh God! Um, but most of the time, yeah, basketball they need to they needed to shorten the first round. That, I think NHL is perfectly fine because hockey is just crazy. Right. Anything can happen. Um, I think baseball's playoffs are fine. And at football, obviously, you can't do anything more than what they're doing. Yeah, there's no need to change. I like you said. I think football is at like the perfect spot compared to the other sports. Yeah, um, baseball just needs to get with the times. The NHL needs to learn how to market because they have no idea how to do it whatsoever. No, they're terrible, man. And then the, the thing NBA, is, like a hockey NHL, the people that like NHL like love NHL. Yes, like the, the hockey the fans are the most intense about their sport. They always, and they always have a chip on their shoulder about yeah, their sport. They're, they're always the like my sport crew. Yeah. And then when you try to and you say something wrong or do something wrong, they're like, oh, this guy doesn't know hockey. It's like, yeah, no shit. I'm telling you, I'm trying to learn. And right. you guys are just going to like thumb your nose at me instead of trying to help. Yeah. Ho- hockey fans are pretty pretentious. Yes. And they're very like antagonistic towards any other sport, especially basketball. Like if you like hockey and they'll, they, you can't for whatever reason like basketball. They're like, oh, basketball's sissy sport. Right, which I mean, in comparison, yeah, like the 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 toughness that is displayed by NHL players is way different than basketball. But the attitude from NHL fans is a little off putting. It definitely is. It's I don't know. It's tough because but they for, but they don't do a good job marketing their sport as, as you as you mentioned. Yeah, they've been like the little brother of the big four sports for so long. Is it even considered? Would you consider NHL a big four sport? Yeah, absolutely. Still, yeah. I mean, I f- the dominance. I feel like by U.S. teams is makes it a, a big four sport. In and Here's of where I'm at on that. I wouldn't consider it a big four sport. Really? I would say college football. That's fair. I mean, I I love or, college football, so I agree. But I don't know. It just feels I feel like college basketball too is still more popular. That's like the the and I'm just doing helps. it anecdotally. I don't. I don't. I'm not looking at any numbers. Yeah, I. I this is all back of the napkin math, especially. Right. But I think, I think the NHL still reigns there just because of how well the U.S. teams have done. 
Like if if you look at compared to, I can't even say any other sports because there are very few Canadian teams in other leagues. Obviously, you know Toronto just won the NBA Finals, whatever. But they like this is such a you know Canada's pastime, and these U.S. teams have just played so well. Right, Toronto hasn't done anything in so long. Like they made the playoffs, and that was great. Nothing. Vancouver got so far and lost so often with the Sedins. Winnipeg's like on the rise. Ottawa, I don't know what the hell they've been doing. They made a little run, I think, a couple of years ago, but that was right. about it. You know, there's just L- name. Okay, name the top five like mar- most marketable NHL players. Top five most marketable. Yeah, like who sh- or, or who sh- who they should be marketing. Um, or, so or famous, I, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to say. Yeah, I think number one's got to be Connor McDavid. The kid is a superstar. He's going to be. See, one that's of the, a thing. You you say Connor McDavid. I've heard that name. If he walked in wearing a sweatshirt saying I'm Connor McDavid, I, I wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> right. I wouldn't exactly. recognize him. That's the hard part. Um, he would be great. Obviously, I'm I'm biased, so I'd say Patrick Kane as well. He's going to be the greatest American to ever play hockey. Um, I know who Patrick Kane is. Good. good. <laughs> We we would have had to end right there. If yeah. we didn't. Um, PK Subban, he's just he's a, such a good guy off the ice that you gotta you know you've got to use that and utilize that to is, market it. Is Ovechkin still popular? I think so. He was going to yeah. be my next one because he brings in the European crowd. Yeah, he's such a popular player there, and, and obviously he's just such a power player too that people can get behind him. Mm-hmm. And then probably is it still Crosby? Probably Crosby. I know, like hockey fans that listen to this will be like, "Oh, how could you not mention Eric Carlson or Brett Burns or somebody?" Like, dude, relax. There are so many players, but if you if you want like the five biggest names or something like that, I you got to think it's those guys. Well, the problem for me that I see with hockey is well, obviously their marketing is not great. The best thing they do is the outdoor game, right? Right, and they've just beaten that to death by but putting the Blackhawks in it every single yeah, year. They, well, they, they, it's the Blackhawks, Rangers, Penguins, Bruins, right? like Flyers every year. Um, it's good, though, that they're... Mar- I think the next one's in Texas, which is nice to see. Yeah. Um, the LA one was cool. Yeah, that's cool. But anyways, um, that's one of the best things they do. Their playoffs are pretty awesome. They are. The, the problem is, is they go up against the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the NBA playoff... Like, the NBA has so many stars... And there's so right. many storylines running through every series of the playoffs that it just dominates the conversation. And I mean, it doesn't help that NHL isn't, hasn't been on ESPN for like 15 years now. Right. They, but, uh, but I feel like, like the best thing the NHL does is overshadowed by the fact that the NBA has gigantic personalities. It's true. I mean, that's a really good point that, that people certainly overlook. But I think the hardest part is you're not going to gain fans. Like, unless the first round of the NBA playoffs are incredibly boring, which, frankly, they usually are. There's usually maybe pretty one bad. good series. Right. But even so, like, if you have five game sevens in hockey, like, people will talk about that. Right. But you've got to get to game seven. Like, that's the only way you're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see. And I don't know if it's as quick a fix as just getting on ESPN either. I don't think so. I think you've got to. I like NBC. I like NBC Sports. I like the crew they've got there. But I don't know that it's like the matchups are so interesting. Because mm-hmm. they, they try and push this like Wednesday night rivalry on NBCSN. It's like Winnipeg takes on Florida. Like <laughs> rivals. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure if you go to Florida, one out of 100 people could point Winnipeg out on a map. 
and maybe even vice versa on like where in Florida the Panthers are located for people in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to give them a little more credit because I think they're a little smarter than Floridians. <laughs> Here, let's switch. We're staying in sports, but let's switch gears to something that you you call yourself an expert on. Sure. <laughs> or maybe you have it, and I just put that in. I put words in your mouth. Well, we'll find out. Um, college football, college basketball. Yeah. What do you What do you like better, and why? College basketball, for sure. College uh, basketball. You You like Brick City? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I I've come to appreciate like obviously the NBA A good bounce is, pass. Yeah. <laughs> Three point shooting. I, I uh, am actually I've so I'll, I'll just preface this by saying I used to be a big college basketball guy. It doesn't help that Illinois has sucked for a long time. Yeah. But I have grown to actually very much dislike the college game. It so I I am not one of those where you argue. You you can't argue with me. Oh, but they're so passionate. They really right. care. Like that's, no, I'm still watching bad basketball. It's a tired. It's a tired argument for sure. Yeah. Um, and okay, but make your argument for college. Yeah. Basketball. So the the idea, like, you're not gonna talent wise, you're obviously not gonna get better than the M- NBA. That is no. the greatest in the world. Like, there's a reason those guys are there and they get paid that much money because they are, you know, what thirty teams, fifteen right. guys on a roster. They also are, exclude college, uh, the March Madness, because I will concede that is the greatest thing ever. Right. So what you get there um, in college basketball is you get the development. Like you actually get to see these guys develop into actual players. Four years, you know, the guys that stay four years, I guess I'll say. <laughs> um, you get to see development. Like there, there's something to be said about a guy like Carson Edwards at Purdue who comes in and plays a little bit his freshman, sophomore year, and then just tears it up. Mm-hmm. And becomes, you know, the star player, takes over March Madness, essentially, puts his team on his back and, and just dominates. Like, that goes through the coaching system and, and all the hard work and stuff like that. Like, the development of the guys is easier to see, I think, in college basketball year to year than it is in the NBA. Obviously, when you get a guy like Giannis in the NBA, you can see the clear step right. he takes because his steps are like five yards long each time. But <laughs> he, you can see it like that. But, you know, the role players and things like that. And I also like just the affinity that people have to their teams. Sure. Like, uh, so my school played Kentucky at Madison Square Garden this past year. Mm-hmm. See Knoll's school for anyone who wants to know. Or I, I thought you, I was going to, I was going to see how uh, long you were going to be vague with that and just be like my school. Yeah. I, uh, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. And then, you know, I finally decided to just let it rip. Okay. But we played Kentucky at Madison Square Garden. This year was supposed to be kind of like a rebuilding year. Because we graduated four seniors that were all really damn good, and we didn't really bring too much in, and this, that, the other. But um, so we played a, we played Kentucky. They were top ten, and just like the rabidness of the Kentucky fans is something I don't think you see in the NBA. No, no, you'll never see it as passionate. And as... so the affinity to alma mater or team, whatever it is, is just unrivaled. And I think that's like the incredible thing about college sports because you rarely if ever find that kind of passion anywhere else. Like maybe you find it for a hobby. Maybe you find it for, you know, a loved one or an individual or something like that. But rarely do you find something that rivals a person's love for their favorite school. True. Okay. I can so give I think you that. That is like the, the biggest thing. You know, I grew up a diehard Notre Dame football fan going to Notre Dame is like, it's one of the big experiences that you get every year. You know, mm-hmm. every year you go and it's, always the same but it's always a little different and it's always special because you get to go there and see you know the traditions and stuff like that um 
every year I get to go to Seton Hall, DePaul, because DePaul is in the Big East, obviously. We're in the Big East. Every time I get to go, like that's always marked down on my calendar. First time the schedule comes out. It's just mm-hmm. one of those things. And you get to see all these people from all over the place. You know, we got alums driving in from Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, like wherever. If the Bulls were playing the Pacers on like a Saturday afternoon, I don't think anyone from Chicago is really driving down there being like, oh my God, I can't wait to see this game. Oh, fair. So, I mean, it goes down like, <laughs> I don't want to say the passion because that's but it's exactly, a passion. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's more the off the court stuff than it is really like the game itself. Okay. I mean, I would say the, and is it changing the one and done stuff now? It's going to happen. I think it's going to change in like three years, probably. Okay. I mean, that that's for me really has hurt everything. Just yeah, the, the, the fact that you can't invest in anything because it's one and done. So that's, yeah. for me, that's that's tough. That's kind of why I enjoy college football a little bit more. Right. Is there isn't that rule. Right. So you are seeing development and you can invest in a guy for two, three years. Right. You You know that, you know. Kentucky is not going to have a completely new team every year. Right. They're going to have, you know, the same, like Clemson is going to bring back so many guys from last year's title team. Right. Trevor Lawrence, obviously is going to be a star. He's going to be back. And that guy could have easily gone number one overall in this last NFL draft. Right. So it, uh, I, I definitely agree on that. I think getting rid of the one and done is going to be super helpful for both the NBA and college basketball, I think it's actually going to hurt some of the players, though, because some of these guys that think they can be one, you know, formerly one and done or straight to the NBA might not be able to do it because the NBA is just such a different game. Oh, it's tough. Um, and, you know, you even see it with, like, top college recruits that come into uh, these programs. You know, we had a guy, Isaiah Whitehead, a couple of years ago. He was McDonald's All-American, you know, five-star out of Brooklyn. He came in, and he... It just didn't play well because he didn't adjust well to the Big East in his freshman year. He also got hurt, but then it took him a year to get used to it. He got, you know, he played really well. Was now I don't think he got Big East Player of the Year, but he led us to a Big East title. He he was awesome, and then bolted for the NBA, and he still wasn't ready. He was a second round pick. He's bounced right. around in like the G League. He went to Russia for a year. Like it's he's been all over the road. When he honestly was projected to be a one and done, and probably if he could would have gone to the NBA straight out of high school. Like, I don't know what he'd be doing right now. If you were able to go straight out of high school. No, I mean, there's a book. Have you read boys among men? I literally just bought it. Yeah, it's great. Like, it's by, by Jonathan Abrams. Um, yep. So for those that don't know what that book is, it's basically um, about the high school players going to the NBA and in, in different cases about different players. Yeah. Um, it's what it tries to figure out is, um, what are the common? Uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of the word, not symptoms. Common factors into why someone succeeds right. from going from high school to the NBA, and is you know they're, what they kind of try to analyze is: do these teams treat these guys as hey, they're high school players, and when they come into the NBA, you treat them like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like they're in the NBA, you treat them like any other NBA player, or right. do you recognize hey, this is an 18 year old boy? And the situation is now different, and right. the rules for him have to be a little different, and we have to try to figure out how we transition this boy, this person from a boy into a man while also developing him into an NBA player. Right. So it is, it's a, you just bought it? Yes, last weekend. Book. 
Yeah, it's a good book. I highly recommend it if you're into the uh, the NBA and, and the high school players that try to make it. Yeah. So, but I agree. Yeah, I think this one and done thing it'll it'll help the game of college. So, what, what's the proposal that you have to if you're in college you have to stay at least two years? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, your choice or, is either so go straight skip. to the NBA or go to college. And they and just added like that G League thing too, where you can go straight there. And I think they're allowing you to. Was this the case? I'm not sure that they're allowing you to hire an agent. Yeah, so you can and then still go to the go to the uh, go to college if you realize that it's not going to work out. Right. So I think the proposal is you can go like through the draft process, which is what they call it now, testing the waters. Yep. You can hire like certain agents are approved by the NCAA. If we ha- we don't have time, but the fuck the NCAA, worst run organization <laughs> in the history of the world. Them and FIFA are like the two worst ever. But the NCAA sucks. Um, the they're, NCAA, they're, 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 I mean, they're 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 criminals. Yes, they are. Um, so they they approve like these agents or agencies, and then decide like let the guys sign. Yeah, and so the agent like helps the guy through the process because he's been through it before, and it's not like you're not letting a twenty year old or eighteen year old or whoever uh, try and make that massive decision on his own. You give him professional help. They like the agency can pay for these guys to go work out and go fly places. It's not the kid spending all this money when he might not have it or whatever the circumstances are. And then get feedback, like actual feedback from NBA teams as opposed to just listening to like bloggers online or writers right. for ESPN say like, or, Oh, I think this guy's good as a, or really if, cool uncles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, Hey, Uncle Jimmy, I haven't seen you in 20 years. What happened? Yeah, jump shot's looking good, son. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. But uh, So yeah, it lets them go through the process, actually talk to these teams, get feedback on like what they need to improve and you know where they, would, where they could see these guys being taken or who would be interested in this, that, the other. So it's a super helpful process for players. Our best player just went through it and he came back, thank God. So we'll be, <laughs> we'll be really good next year, but... Um, you know, he was he was a guy that's super unheralded be, just because people aren't talking about him at this point. But he's going to be an All American next year, mm-hmm. make a run in the tournament, like all this, that, the other. He's that good. Um, but he he had to go, and he got his name on the radar because he went to these combines and stuff. So it's it's really mm-hmm. good for those guys, and it'll I think it'll help the game. Like that that decision already to let guys test the water, hire an agent, and back out and come back to college like has already that. been massive. I like that a lot. And I think, I believe they're also talking about college guys getting eligibility back if they don't get drafted. I think that's a proposal as well. And I I don't like that because it just screws up recruiting so much. And recruiting's already totally fucked because of the NCAA. Again, they suck, but they, uh, they've changed how it all works. And like, you have to register to go to these events instead of just like going. So, so it's hmm. dumb and you can only go to a certain number and they're only during a certain time period and you only have a certain number of contacts. It's all screwy. But uh, I think if they can, they can sort this out and do it the right way, that would work out really well. I don't necessarily like, I think it'd be a great idea to allow guys to go back to school if they don't get drafted, because I believe they said there's like 77 underclassmen that are already declared for the NBA draft. There are 60 picks in the NBA. Right. So seven, at least 17 of these guys aren't going to get picked. That's not including the upperclassmen, and that's right. not including foreign players. Yeah, there's... Like, there's, a, there's just a flood of talent, and there's not enough roster spots, which is why the evolution of the G League is going to be so massive. 
but college basketball is always going to be the safe haven, essentially, at this point. Yeah, the G League needs to become more than what it is. I know. It's it, so it's it so underutilized. Good. It can be good. They just got to do it the right way. Yeah, it would, I, it would help not playing in high school gyms like the team up the in Maine. Yeah, that's the thing. Is uh, a lot of these G League teams are playing in in gyms where it's just like this is just a joke. Yeah, I mean it's like the minor league baseball conundrum of like how, how do you make money running this team? And honestly, it should be the NBA teams that are paying for it, or at least getting you know setting up an owner for that team that has funds. But I feel like minor league baseball does well because it's just so ingrained. It is like like minor league baseball has always been a thing, even. Like AHL, I think does pretty well. Yeah, and and AHL can tout like you know this. Let's just look at the Stanley Cup. You know, St. Louis. A lot of those guys played for the Wolves and played for AHL teams. Like the AHL can tout like, look, we this is a true developmental league. Right. The G League. I can't think of very many guys that are like, I played in the G League and now I'm a key contributor to a championship team. So they just got their biggest one, Fred VanVleet. Was, it, was he in the G League? Well, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, he led the 905 Raptors. That's their actual <laughs> name. The 905 Raptors to the G League title last year. Hey, that's so, like, a big get. There you go. That's huge for them because they need that. But like, right. they need... The, so, Seton Hall guy, Angel Delgado, was just the player of the year in the G League last year. Mm-hmm. If he can move up to the Clippers and succeed, that's going to be big for them. They need these guys that are playing well in the G League to perform in the NBA so that they have that to tout. Right, they can't be like end of the roster like guys where you're just yeah. they're getting in during garbage time. Like, or it can't be the, like any of the Bulls guys like Antonio Blakeney who's going to shoot the ball 44 times a game and score like 32 points. <laughs> um, let's so college basketball your forte. Yep, March Madness, 68 teams right now. Yep, is it at the perfect spot? Perfect. Don't perfect. change a thing. Don't don't change it. Don't, don't expand. The NCAA, no. you know the NCAA wants to expand. I know they do. They should not. Don't, don't do it at all. One it, more week. One more weekend. One more weekend would be fun, but like you're 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 diluting. No, I, no, I don't want it either. Yeah, you're diluting the tournament. You're not really finding out who the. I don't even think you're finding out who the best team is right now. No, you're, you're no. The way it's set up now, you, you're not finding out the best. It, it's right. impossible in a single elimination format to say you're it finding is. out the best team. But it, but this is also the most fun. It is. It's. I mean, that's why it is March Madness. Like hat tip to the IHSA because they created. The, they coined the phrase March Madness. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, Illinois High School. And then the NCAA stole it. Sports Association. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, so they they uh, coined the term. But like that's why it's called March Madness, because anything like that can happen. You know, like right. you've got Auburn, who probably should have lost to New Mexico State in the first round this year, and they make a run to the Final Four. Like, I mean, well, you also have just, or the fact that these past two years, Virginia went from yeah, losing exactly. to a 16 seed to winning it all the next year. Exactly. Granted, they were a one seed, but who would have predicted these past two years for Virginia? Right. I mean, it, that's that's exactly the point, and that's why people love it. Like, that, they're, it's so fun because of the fact that, like, you get these cult heroes for, you know, two weeks at a time. Like, Steph Curry, when he was at Davidson, people knew who he was. But he didn't get launched into the spotlight until he made that Elite Eight run. And once he did that, people were like, oh shit, this Steph Curry guy's for real. Like he might be a twig, but that guy can shoot and he can he can lead a team to a win over like these bigger programs. Worst idea here. We'll we'll go with two corrupt organizations. All right. Worst idea, expanding the NCAA tournament or expanding the World Cup. I knew oh, damn, I did not <laughs> want this question. Um, I think exp- Which the World Cup is not that the one in Qatar is not expanding anymore. Correct, they changed it. Thank yeah. God, because um, that thing is just a nightmare to, to begin with. Okay, go ahead. 
I think expanding the NCAA tournament would be worse. The reason being, like, there are a lot of good teams in the World Cup that get left out. Mm -hmm. No one is clamoring for the NIT. No one's like, oh, shit, like, I have to watch this NIT matchup where Stanford is playing, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a random school, like Texas A&M. In right. the, in the uh, semifinals at Madison Square Garden, like well, no I one think, is saying that. I think the what would be it, and this wouldn't happen. I think e- expansion would help if they were like, let's get in a few more of these mid majors that yes. are like one seeds 100%. that lose in their tournament. But they're not going to do that, that. But they're not going to do that. You're going to instead get debates between like seven and ten Syracuse in the ACC and yeah. six and eleven Iowa State from the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's like wait. Why are we debating these 500 or under teams that played in, in their conference? Like we've got, I mean, Illinois State a couple of years ago, they were 27 and six. Right. And two of their six losses were to Wichita State, who was like a top five team in the country. Right. Like that team doesn't even get a look. They won the regular season title in their conference, and they can't even get a look. That, that's the only time I feel bad is when the mid majors get screwed. When the mid majors yeah play in their conference tournament and they have to, and they've dominated their conference and they have to win their conference tournament. Yeah. And they just lose fluke. So you're not not maybe fluky, but they just lose. Well, that I mean that was UMBC. They yeah. upset Vermont, who's very good, who we saw play Florida State this year really well. Mm-hmm. Vermont was dominant in the America East. Like they were really good. They had two very good players. They still do Anthony Lamb, but I think he's gone. I can't remember. Um, they were the favorite. They play so they play it where the top seed is the home team. So they played at Vermont, and UMBC won in and upset them, and then obviously beat Virginia, but. That almost didn't happen because mm-hmm. the way it should be is honestly, if you win the regular season, you should be. That's when the automatic bid. Yeah, that right? should be the automatic bid. But I understand, like, I love conference tournament time, probably Ooh. more so. I wrote twenty nine and a half conference previews this year. Oh, geez, two hundred and seventy eight schools. I wrote about about why they could win their conference. <laughs> <laughs> like, I honest. mean, the conference tournament, though, with some exceptions, I think I don't. I think some do all conferences. They all have them now, right? Every single yeah. one of them. I, do they the all Ivy allow all the last teams? One. Or do no, some not, of them? Go ahead. Do some of them uh, like cap it so that some teams are eliminated. Yeah. Okay. But so, but in essence, yes, the conference tournament is actually the real start to March Madness because in essence, yep. You know, select for you know, say for a select few teams. Technically, if you win all your games, you could win it all. Yes. Technically, so, so that, that is the real start. It is so. Like the Ivy League was the last one to add their conference tournament. Before they made it just the regular season champ goes on, right. and if there's a tie, like we'll flip a coin to see who the home team is, or uh, maybe they played it at the Palestra in Penn. Like they, they had a place, but they would just do a one game playoff, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool. But at the same time, like it makes the regular season that much more important. Like you know, Illinois. Let's say Illinois is going on a run and they're they're playing really well, and then all of a sudden, like they have a bad loss to Northwestern or something, God forbid. And now they drop to second. Like that game should matter more than like, Oh, we're the two seed now as opposed to the one. Right. But I, you, you're never going to get rid of the, uh, conference tournaments and I wouldn't want you to, but at the same time, like if you were to expand, maybe you do it so that regular season champ gets an automatic bid and conference tournament champ gets an automatic bid. Yeah. That, that would be, I think the most ideal. I just, I like the format now, though. 68. I like it as is. I mean, I liked it at 64. Yeah. 60, 68 is fine, I guess. The first and four it, is weird. The first four is a weird thing. But the thing is, is, like, some of those teams from the first four have gone. I think VCU was a first four team when they well, went to the um, final four. UConn? 
Butler, one of the two? Somebody else. VCU, I know for VCU sure. VCU for sure, yeah. There, but there's been like first four teams that have made runs. Yeah. So, um, so that's like, a, but it, it is a weird thing watching the first four on that. Like, no one is like. The I, tournament starts today. Yeah, no Tuesday one feels night. like that Tuesday. No one's like, yeah. oh, I'm geeked about this tournament. Like, people are making their bracket picks all like, week, and they're not even factoring in that those first four games got to happen. Right. Like, you'll see people on their bracket writing the two teams that are playing if they think they're going to win. Like, Arizona State and uh, St. John's played this year. Right. I I had the winner of that game winning their game, but I only wrote (laughs) ASU slash St. John's. Right. Because I didn't pick that game. Yeah, the first four is weird. I I mean, I guess it's it's tough. I guess, I mean, it does help. There's more teams, but... Yeah. It's not clean. It... uh, the idea should have been that like two spots go to a mid-major teams or one at least one spot goes to a mid-major team and then like the others can go to like the middling uh, power conference teams. Mm-hmm. But I, until they fix that, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. What about uh, college football playoff expansion? Yeah, they or, need or, it. They need it at you, least you, you, six. You six, okay. I would like eight, but I think at least six makes sense. Give the one and two seeds a bye. Okay. Um, and just let two th- or, uh, three through six battle it out, and then you play still. Each other. Uh, well, I would like eight as well. I think, but I don't mind. Here's the thing: I actually don't mind four because I kind of like the fact that a major team gets screwed every year. So, where do you sit on the UCF uh, undefeated season stance from this past year? Uh, both years. Mm. Yeah, I just don't see how you can put them in there. <laughs> so, so that's it's the so exact hard. argument we make. Yeah. I think they should be in. What did they do wrong? They didn't they lose didn't, any games. No, they, they didn't do anything wrong. If it was but, so easy to go undefeated, everyone would do it. True. It doesn't matter. You're competi- like, the American is still a good conference. You're still playing good teams. They're winning their games. Like the, I mean, look at Alabama's schedule. Like Yes, the SEC is loaded, but if the SEC, God forbid, has a down year, they play nobodies the rest of the season. Like right. that is their that is their season right there. No, that's true. No, I I just like the fact. So, but excluding UCF, they do get kind of screwed, and they weren't even close either year to making it. I like yeah. that. For instance, this year Ohio State didn't get to make it. Mm-hmm. Like I like that. There's a tough choice on that fourth spot. I like that too, but I think the problem is that the the committee's been so you know, flip floppy on what they care about. Like right. one year it's conference titles. And then it's like, Oh, we don't care about conference titles anymore. We care about strength of resume. And then, <laughs> then it's like, Oh, well we want the best four teams by the eye test. Like, well, what's the point of playing the season then if we know you're going to pick Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame or whatever. Right. But, so let's say you expand a uh, six or eight. Is it automatic bid to the five majors? Or are you power still five? Doing... Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, if you go to six, power five automatic bids. Like even with the Pac-12 being, I was going to say shit. the Pac-12 has been dog shit for a few years now. I know. I mean, they're the same way in basketball, but we still got to give them a bid there. Um, mm. So automatic bid to those, and then the best group of five teams should get uh, the last bid. That's how it should work. But what do you, what do, you do with Notre Dame? If you go to six, what do you do? Is Notre Dame part of the group of five? No, so I, that's a good point. I think um, you can. I forgot. I had it all worked out, and I completely forgot it. But <laughs> I, I had Notre Dame factored into. I believe the top. Like if they go undefeated, they're in because they go undefeated. Like I don't think mm. that should be an argument. They still play tough. Oh, they play tough schedule. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Notre Dame guy as well, and it's tough to be a Notre Dame guy. It is these days. It's it been is. tough to be a Notre Dame guy for a long time now. God, we've struggled. <laughs> we have struggled. <laughs> 
But uh, I am a Notre Dame guy, and and you can't deny that they've like people will be like, oh look who they 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 play week schedules. I'm like, do you see who they schedule every year? It, yeah. And it's not even like you can't even be like, oh well, like they can't predict how good that team is on that right. particular year. They're Especially scheduling when you schedule these games seven years out. Right. They're scheduling powerhouse names yeah. every year. Like they they've they've thrown a Texas and a Georgia and a Florida State and they're playing mm-hmm. Michigan and you know USC and Stanford are always on the schedule. Like these yeah. are all teams that should be good all the time. Yeah, and like I mean Virginia Tech's a perfect example this year. Like before the season, that looked like a top ten game, mm-hmm. like legit one of the best games in the schedule. Yeah. And then uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech's Tech quarterback, <laughs> I can't remember was it Justin Jackson, maybe. Something, yeah. something along those lines. He breaks his leg, and then he's out. Like they lose to Old Dominion, and then like the whole season falls apart. Right. So you you can't predict that kind of stuff. And like football scheduling is awful because of the fact that like who was it recently? Texas and somebody that agreed to a like six game series in twenty thirty four. Yeah. <laughs> like half these guys, like, so many people are going to be dead by the time those games are played. Like exactly. I might not even see those games. You right. know, it's one of those things that like how how can you even tell that these teams are going to be good? Yeah, exactly. Um, you would you would do expansion for the uh, for the college football playoff, huh? Yeah, I think it, I think it would help. Um, I think like, I mean I think season probably. sucks. It's full so season boring. Is bad. It's uh, it's one of those things that like it's great if you like to gamble on sports, <laughs> but it's so hard too because like who you don't know who's gonna play and like these teams that's, have never played each other in the competition. That's the thing that's that's the thing that's starting to bother, bother me about bowl season and now especially now even like the um the New Year's six games, if it's not a mm-hmm. final four game, like the best right. players are sitting out of those games now too. So even like you're watching for instance the you know, the Fiesta Bowl, which was yeah. UCF and LSU and I think a bunch of LSU guys were out and weren't even playing. Like Eight of LSU's defensive starters. Right. So, so like, what are we watching argument, here? Like UCF had. People were like, "Oh, UCF lost LSU's B squad." Like, dude, if you go from a starter to backup at LSU, you're going from a five star to a four star. When you right. lose your Heisman quarterback at UCF, you're going from a five star to a three star freshman that's never played before. Like, there's a huge difference in losing sure. LSU's backups and playing UCF's backups. Thing about college football though is there's so much tradition with these stupid bowl games that, right. and like all the big ones have locked Rose in rights. Rose Bowl is still fun. Rose Bowl is cool. I I mean some of them are still cool. Like the Rose Bowl is cool. I think the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, those are still yeah. cool games. Um, but overall, I mean, you just got to figure out a way to just wrap these bowl games into the playoffs, which they have if they've done. But you could do more. Right. I would but- say if they if they were to go to eight. I think you do those first for first round matchups in the home team stadium. Yeah, that, I mean that would be in the in the in the higher seed stadium. Right. That uh that would that would work the best, but or you do I maybe or you maybe you do one and two get a home game, and then the rest of the games are bowl games. Right. I mean, conference I championship know. games are fun too. If the, I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of like the a good quick way to do it, but there's obviously like no quick fix. Otherwise you think they would have done it already. Well, yeah. I mean, eight seems like it seems like eventually they'll get to eight. It should. I know like right now they've been like shooting it down like very quickly, but yeah, they said they want to give it time to figure out like what's going on, but I don't think anyone would be mad at more college football outside of maybe like the players. Yeah, maybe the but players. But by that time, it gets changed. Maybe they'll be getting paid, so who knows? 
You think that'll happen? It should. I mean, well, yes, of course it should. I think uh, so. I don't have any problems with guys sitting out because I totally understand. Like Marcus Lattimore, running back from South Carolina, was a stud, and then he absolutely destroyed his knee. I don't know. I don't think it was in a bowl game, but it was like late in the season, and mm-hmm. he lost so much money. Like, yes, he had an insurance policy on it and whatnot, but he lost a ton of money because he lost his draft status essentially and where he was going to get picked and all that. I get a, guys sitting out, but that's it's a such an extreme. What's that's that? a weird thing for me. I was going to say the, the, the guys sitting out because like there's the part of me and I'm obviously I've not a, uh, it wasn't even a college athlete, but there's a t- part of me where I'm like, but that's your team. You should play yeah. like, yeah. these are your boys. You, you've done a whole season with them. It's t- right. It's tough for me as a, like having played sports to be like, I'm going to voluntarily sit out. Right. But I totally understand the business aspect of it and you're not yeah. getting paid and you potentially could get paid. So that's yeah. that's always been a that like this this I think it's been the past couple of years, but especially this year that I was seeing all the players sitting out, and I was just like, man, this feels weird. I don't like this at all. Right. And maybe you just need to eliminate college like the bowl games. <laughs> Honestly, you might. Like, what what is the point when you're not even getting? I, I guess a free trip. Uh, yeah. Boost the boost the local economy. Right. Tradition. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you don't even right. know if it does. Um. Boise, Idaho, that Boise, Idaho game needs that yeah. boost from the people coming in from Central Michigan from the MAC or whatever. You better believe it. <laughs> God, lo- God love Maction. God, um, God loves Maction. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, eight seems to be the ideal spot. Honestly, six, even if they just moved to six for a few years too, I would, I would be happy. But it needs to grow a little bit. Is uh, are Alabama and Clemson going to just continuously play in championship games forever? And make seems this like it. the most boring thing ever. Yeah, it seems I like am it. Getting, but this, was, this was year four of that. Yes. I have to admit, I'm getting a little fatigued on it. Granted, I did. I do enjoy when Alabama gets their shit pushed in. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence definitely did that, which was amazing. And I didn't expect it. But I, I don't know. I'm getting a little tired of Alabama Clemson. It's, it's certainly tough. Uh-huh. And it's not <laughs> I think a good look sales for were college doing, football. Ticket sales for this last one weren't great, I heard. I mean, they... they, they they did well, but they weren't getting the interest that they normally have. And granted, it was yeah. in San Francisco, so you're asking two teams to fly right. out from the south on a week's notice to San Francisco and their fans. But yeah, it's getting a little tiring. They, uh, I mean, th- th- this really could have been avoided, though. Like Trevor Lawrence went out in that Syracuse game early in the year, and Syracuse had him on the ropes and just couldn't close. And then uh, Alabama should have lost to Georgia in the SEC title game. What Absolutely. I mean, Georgia ran that fake punt at their own like thirty. That was so dumb, and that co- I mean that cost them the title. Mm-hmm. But I, it feels like we're destined for it until anyone really steps up. Like, how far Oklahoma, away is our Notre Dame? Uh, kind of until far. Until they so. get, <laughs> they don't have a quarterback. Still, that's the problem. They don't have like the. You don't like the guy. Like, what's the guy's name? Ian Book. Like you don't like him. I like Ian Book. Yeah. But I don't think he's the guy that's going to lead you to a playoff or final, like national title appearance. Okay. They're just not quite there yet. And, and they yes, just the other team would. Go ahead. They can't seem to get the offense and defense to be clicking at the same time. Like two years ago, it was the offense that was great. And then last year, the defense was awesome. Or maybe I have it flipped around, but they can't get their offense and defense to be top 10 units in the same season. Right. And that's the biggest issue. 
I mean, there's Oklahoma quarterback. Yeah. You now? Yeah, it is. They. Uh, I love the Big Twelve because they love to score points. I don't think it's like the most appealing style of football, but at the same time, it's just fun. Like that's college football, right? That's exactly what you expect. Isn't that Jalen Hurts? Isn't there? Yeah, he's at Oklahoma now. That's I love crazy. that guy. I think he's going to be a star. So <laughs> you think he's going to be a star at Oklahoma? Yeah, I think. Yeah, he can I guess win at Heisman. Oklahoma. Really? Yeah. Wow. People think he's too vanilla, but I think he kind of was handcuffed by Nick Saban and the fact that he had like 37 five-star running backs that he had to get carries to. Mm-hmm. So now that he's at Oklahoma and can really open things up in a in a conference that legitimately does not play defense. No, that that is, the, as you mentioned, that is the conference for points are just, it's yeah. a given. Like it's every, a every weekend's a shootout. Just any combination of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, yeah. Texas, Texas Tech. Any any of those teams actually. There's not really it's not great. one team where that can't score. It's maybe like Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. The two teams in Kansas. The two teams in Kansas. Yeah, now you got yeah. I got less miles. So even there. That's uh but yeah, that I mean that's that's how it is the Big Twelve and that's why like that West Virginia Oklahoma game was so fun when it was like sixty seven, sixty four. Oh yeah. That I, that's what that's what college football's about. Neither of those team have neither of those teams have played defense for years. Yeah, it's been a long time. They haven't seen defense <laughs> in those parts and since the nineties, maybe. <laughs> um, let's go back to uh, to NBA because the reason why we were gonna we were yep. doing this on a Sunday night is this was potentially going to be a game seven. I know the Warriors and the Raptors. That didn't happen because uh, the Warriors just completely uh, lost all the players. Injuries, <laughs> cat- catastrophic injuries to yeah. two of their best players. Um. First, does this does this win by Toronto is this at all an asterisk win because of the fact that no uh, the Warriors lost two of their best players? Absolutely not. Um, they still, I mean, they still had to win through the East. Like you win your title. Right. I don't think it's very hard to say there's a fluke title in any sport. It just doesn't happen. Even like even hockey, you can get puck luck, but you don't get it four series in a row. Right. And the NBA, you don't get lucky four series in a row. Like they battled it out through so many different games and like that the shot Kawhi hit over Philly was insane. Mm-hmm. Everything they had to do to get there, they earned. And then who cares that they got maybe they got lucky, but they were up 3-1 when these injuries occurred. Like the Warriors still would have had to win a game 7. Right. In Toronto no less. So they won 3 games at Oracle. That's like impossible to do. Especially yeah, with the, the last three games in the building, they lose all three. Like, how insane is that? So, there's no, no, absolutely not an asterisk next to this title. Fair, fair. Um, now that Kawhi's won a championship, is he staying in Toronto? No shot. He, you don't think so? He wants. You to think get he's still going to go? Yeah, I have no idea where, but I think he wants to get the hell out. I, re- of there. I read that it was Toronto and the Clippers were the the two teams. I would love to see him on the Clippers. That'd be insane if he went to the Clippers. Yeah, give a. There, there hasn't been. I can't think of a guy in recent memory that has won a title and then bolted. No, it wasn't LeBron. Um, no, LeBron didn't win a title that year. I know. Bolted. Um, that would be I, an insane move. I mean, granted, he could literally just go, "Okay, I'm out. I gave you a championship." Right. Like he did what he had to do. He did what right. no one could do in the you know, 25 years, whatever it was, they've been in. Toronto, or they've been a franchise. I don't see... He doesn't know anyone anything. Like, that's the big thing that people need to understand, especially, like, fans of teams. Like, I'm certainly... 
certainly uh, prone to this error of thinking, but like players don't owe us anything. No. They play and they do their job. And like, if you feel an affinity to a city, then stay. But if you don't feel it or you think like there's something better on the horizon, go. That's why I had no problem with LeBron leaving Cleveland the first time. And I didn't have a problem with him leaving the second time. Second time was less about basketball. The first time was absolutely to chase a ring. And like, if you can put yourself in a better situation, which he did, why the hell wouldn't you do it? I mean, every human being would want to do that. What, is there a line on that for you? Or are you always going to be like the player should go if he wants to go? Um, I mean, if it's my favorite player on my favorite team, I would hate to see him go. But at right. the same time, you know, it's it's you know one hand hiding from the other. What do you, what did uh, you think but, then? Is is there a lot? So my line on first of all, I didn't like when LeBron left. Um, okay, I didn't like, I didn't like he how he did it, it but yeah. yeah, and I didn't like that he like formed this super team. It it felt wrong in this like competitive sort of way, right? Um, but I understood that. I also understood like he didn't think he could win in Cleveland. So right. fine, whatever. For me, the the one that's always going to be even more of a holy fuck that that is unbelievable is Kevin Durant leaving. Yeah. Now I I don't blame him for leaving the Thunder for per se. I just don't like that he chose the Warriors, and the and it's not just because of the Warriors. It's the fact that right. he chose the Warriors when he was up three one on them, mm-hmm. lost that series, and then decided you know what instead of beating them I'm going to join that team. Right. A team that was seventy three and nine. That's the hard part, you know. That's that's the one that's always going to be like fucking hell <laughs> like how yeah. do you as a competitor how do you do that and i understand I get- and, and i think he he's and, and i think he still feels it so similar to lebron right yeah like lebron felt like he owed to go back to Cle- like he owed it to go back right he got his titles i feel like kd even till this day and it you know before he got injured everyone's like there were tons of reports that were linking him to go to new york i think he still is like I'm not getting the respect I deserve for doing this. I need to yeah, go somewhere else and win it somewhere else. He doesn't like being the villain either. No, like he he hates. He's so he's so thin skinned, and like, I, I totally I love it. get it. Yeah, it's so. I love funny. that. I love that he. I love that he has the burner accounts and he so argues with teenagers. It's so great. Like well, he's one is of too, us. He is. But the thing is, is like he. If, have you ever listened to him on Bill Simmons? Uh very rarely. So he's been on Bill Simmons a few times, and and the prevailing theme that when people ask him is he's like, I don't care. Like it's my life. Yeah. Like why do I have to live life to your expectations? Exactly. So it, that's his prevailing theme. But then he says, so he says he doesn't care, but then you see him argue with 15 right. year olds and it's like, dude, you clearly care. Right. You clearly care about the opinion of you so much so that I think, I mean, who knows how this off season is going to play out with his torn Achilles. Now mm-hmm. everything's up in the air, but I 100% believed if they would have won another title this year, and he was healthy. He was leaving one hundred percent. Oh yeah, and it was. And the reason he was leaving is because he was going to try to prove it on his own. Right. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe he would pair up with someone, but he was going to try to prove it sure. not in San Francisco. Yeah, he he certainly was gone. I I mean, the whole sending the director of player ops or whatever the hell that guy was crying up to the podium to talk about Kevin oh, Durant the GM or whatever the yeah. president. Yeah. Like that was such a staged move, and like definitely one that. <laughs> Kevin Durant's people were like, you guys just fucked up so bad by like maybe not telling him everything he needed to know or maybe forcing him to play. And like now this guy's pissed. He's not going to be able to cash in like he should have. You cost him hundreds of millions of dollars, like make it right and like show some remorse. 
And I think like that guy had to cry out there, and that's <laughs> that's what they did. But I think I think he's still going to get paid. Oh yeah, absolutely. But the what's what the the big factor is is how good is he going to be when he gets back? Because that's the worst injury in basketball. Yeah, and it's, he's I mean, and he's in the midst of his prime. Yeah. So I mean, he'll so be, he'll miss all of next year probably. Yeah. And then come back, so he'll be thirty two when he comes back. And who knows what kind of shape he'll be in? I know. So the, I think they were showing the like recent Achilles injuries and. The only guy to come back in under 250 days was Kobe, and he did it in 247. And I also think that's because he like went to Germany and did like some special therapy stuff that might right. not be legal in the U.S. But yeah, he probably did that. Yeah. So and he wasn't. I mean, he was already old. So when he came back, um, he wasn't the same. But he was never was going to be the same again. Anyway. Right. So, yeah. So it's I mean, tough he, to like. He just needed to, to, to draw get back. comparison. Yeah, he just needed to get back for sure. But like Boogie, I think Boogie's a fairly decent comparison because he was he was playing so well. He was such a good like all-around player at the time. Like he was developing his jump shot and yeah. he's in shape. Now he just looks so tired all the time. Like well, he also just, tore part of his hamstring. Yeah, I mean, I know he's gotten like nagging injuries that he's been dealing with as well. But at the same time, he just he doesn't he looks like a shell of himself because no, he doesn't look as good. Yeah, maybe it's like the comp- lack of confidence or whatever. Like I'm coming off a of two like I broke both my feet in the last two years and yeah. I don't feel the same whatsoever. Like I'm always nervous to jump or do anything like that. How did and you I can't break imagine both of your feet in the past uh, two years. Uh, one was, was I working basketball. with you when you broke one of them? So just before I started working with you, oh, I, yeah, I got remember. healthy. Um, that one, I missed the step walking. Like it was dark out. There was about a <laughs> seven that inch that was pure stupid stupidity. Yeah. Like nice. it was, it was such a fluke and I like rolled over the top and heard a Jesus pop and I was Christ. like, Oh, this isn't good. The second one, I was playing basketball in February this year and went up to grab the ball and landed on someone's foot and just rolled over the top and heard the same pop. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So I have zero healthy feet now. <laughs> that sucks, man. I, in all honesty, though, so breaking, breaking a bone in your foot is terrible. It's the worst. Like <laughs> I never thought about I didn't think about it because the only thing that ever happened, like broken fingers, and then I was in college, I broke my wrist on like a fluke thing as well. But mm-hmm. that was hard enough, like only having one arm to use. Unfortunately, I'm a lefty and I broke my right wrist, so I could still like write and do stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you break your foot, like the first week is the worst time of your life because you can't go anywhere. You have to use like crutches to move. You still can't walk. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's so bad. It's so <laughs> bad. So if anyone out there, I do not advise breaking your foot. Don't break that foot. Yeah, don't do it. Knock on wood, I've never broken any bones, so please do hopefully, not. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Hopefully that continues. I have now that I've been doing like the CrossFit thing for a bit. I have been straining things that I yeah. never used to strain before. But again, no. Luckily, no broken foot, no broken bones. And, I would uh, gladly take like a muscle tear over a broken really? bone. Hundred percent. Wow. Like I've torn a bicep before. Jesus Christ! How how many injuries? You're not even a college athlete. What are you doing? No, I just work hard. You know. <laughs> Um, are you not stretching the hell i stretch but not great um yeah I bet. this was this was just another one like overextending myself you know back in the gym for a couple months and then decided to like try and press it a little bit and just overlifted and partial tear in my bicep and that Jesus was like Jesus christ did your did it curl up like where there's a, like a little ball it was yeah it got to like a rock essentially yeah that's um, what happens when you tear the bicep it curls up your arm and it's not it wasn't like that bad it hurt obviously but it was one of those things where like you know how after you lift a little bit and you like extend your arm fully, you can feel like the stretch and it's painful. Right. It was kind of like that. 
So it wasn't that bad. And it was only like six weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a long recovery time or anything, but it was just one of those things where like, if you're not careful, it can happen. But I totally rather do that than like 10 weeks in a boot walking around, like always having to be careful of every single thing I do. And so you had to go to work like that. Yeah. Take the so train. I, in, in the winter too. Oh God. Yeah. So anytime it like snowed, my foot was soaked. Real bad. Because it's because it's just exposed, right? Yeah. So it's. I mean, the boot is like hard plastic, but it's got like the soft material on the inside, so it just mm-hmm. soaks up water. It's you should did not. You, did you did you go no sock like one of our friends? No, I did not. I'm I'm okay. smart. <laughs> I also covered. <laughs> I also covered the ailed foot as well, so like, that was a big difference too. Oh yeah, no, he went uncovered foot, just sock. Yeah. Yeah. That was. This, this means so nothing dumb. to anyone. This means literally nothing to anyone else but me and you. I know. <laughs> That's good radio right there. <laughs> um, you love NBA drama. I do. Right? See, uh, the Lakers acquired Anthony Davis for everyone. They did, except uh, for Kyle Kuzma. Except for Kyle Kuzma, which is actually a big deal because Kyle Kuzma is a good player. Um, what are your thoughts on all that? I love the trade for the Pelicans. I think they got pretty much the most that they possibly could. They're going to be such a fun team. Like they are go- I said this the other day. They're going to be the suburban white kids 2K team. Like That's what they've just become. <laughs> because Lonzo is like such an enigma where if he just puts it together, he's going to be great because he's already a solid player. He's a solid player. He can distribute the ball. He's a very good defender. Yeah. Um, if he can figure out how to shoot. Yeah. Yeah, he can't shoot, though. That's pro- and he can't shoot free throws either. Yeah. So once he figures that out, he'll be fine. As if that's just like nothing, you know, yeah, like not as like if Ben you, Simmons has been easily, dealing with yeah. this forever. Right, right. Um, obviously, they're getting Zion with number one. So they've got right, those they two. They've, well, they got Brandon Ingram as well. Yeah, Drew Holiday. Drew um, Holiday's a good player. Who they, else they, they get from from, Josh, Josh Hart. Hart. He's great, They also too. got the fourth pick in this draft. And then they have, I think, yeah. two or three more draft picks. Like in the and future, Julius first Randall. round picks. And Julius so Randle. Like, no, they're going to be, they, they made out really well. Yeah. They're going to be fine. Like that's a that's a good team. That's a really good young core, especially. So, right. going from that, like just make the right pick at four. Go with the best player available. Don't care about fit. Don't care about any of that. Go with the best player available because that's what you need. Like Zion can play two through four in the NBA. So if you, well, if I think you, you want a guy like Jared Culver, yeah. If you want a guy like Culver, if you want a guy like DeAndre Hunter, go get him. But other than that, like you could probably grab another point guard if you need to. Go with like a Darius Garland, take a take a risk on a guy that tore his ACL at Vanderbilt, and you know hope that he turns out to be the guy everyone thinks he will. Or you can play it safe and just pick you know pick for need. But they they are in such a good spot, and they can even trade down too. Like mm-hmm. there's so much they can do. They've given themselves so much flexibility. Uh, I'll say that I completely agree with you. I think the Pelicans made out very well on that trade, um, as long as. As long as LeVar Ball doesn't sabotage anything, yes. they'll be fine. Like that's a good trade. They got a lot of young pieces. There, they did really well. They um, did. I think for the Lakers, I think they had to make that trade. I yes. think actually both sides won. Anthony Davis clearly wants to sign with the Lakers, so you're going to have him. Mm-hmm. LeBron is at the tail end of his prime, so you you have to start taking advantage of having LeBron. Basketball is not his priority anymore. No, but you have to you have to take advantage of it. Yeah. Like while you still have them. Lastly, you dangled all of those players and none of those players like LeBron anymore. So you had to get rid of all of them. Right. So this is the best of both worlds for both teams. I think both teams did really well with the trade and I'm, 
I mean, it, for me, I mean, depending on what the La- the Lakers have room for another max slot too, and there were rumors about Kemba. Yeah, um, they want Kemba bad. I think. I think Kemba would be great. I don't know. There was stuff about Kyrie. I don't think he's going to go there. No. Um, but we'll see what happens. But whatever, whatever, especially with the Warriors the way they are, and who knows what's going to happen with Kawhi. Right. I mean, the Lakers are right there in terms of, you know, at least being in the conversation for a title. I know people are already saying they're the favorites. I think Vegas has them as the favorites, which is That's insane. crazy to me. Insane. Um, I mean, they're probably getting a shit ton of bets on that. But right. um, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far because your roster is exactly two. Players? Yeah, like this. This <laughs> so is the problem LeBron had in Cleveland all the right. time. Like yeah. it was him and Kevin Love or him and Kyrie. Well, right. what else do you have? And like that's what they right. saw this year too. You can't just take like the land of misfit toys, put them together, and hope to God they're good. Right? It did not work. Yeah. So I don't. I wouldn't go as far as NBA favorites, but they're in the they're in the conversation for sure. So it's good trade for both teams. It is, and I mean, obviously the NBA is better when the Lakers are relevant, but like. When the Lakers are relevant and when LeBron is not in the, is yeah. in the playoffs, yeah. So those will, those will be interesting to see. But I I I think both teams, like you said, did really well for it. And you know, if you could have got Kuzma, that's great. But like, you got so many assets and you got so many players, like oh, young I forgot players. About Kuzma, you got three guys on the Lakers. Yeah, that's okay. about it. <laughs> that's about it. Now let's switch gears a little bit more. Yep. On your blog. Yep. Mostly sports. Correct. Podcasts, sports. I see some like culture stuff, but most often it's sports. Correct. What are things that you want to dive into eventually on your blog or in podcasting that aren't sports? Or do you want to stay on the sports track? Um, we've actually been talking about it a lot lately. Just to get like, it's, it's the easiest way to write is when you're in a rhythm, if that makes right. sense. So like when you're cranking out a blog a day, it's easier to keep going than it is when you're, you know, you're sitting still and then you see like, Oh, Anthony Davis got traded. I need to write something about it. Like if you've already been going the past week or, you know, every other Mm -hmm. day or something, it's way easier to get back into it than it is. That that goes with any sort of hobby. Exactly. So I bring that up because we've been debating, like taking bigger steps into like TV and music and stuff like that. And just like more, just becoming the ringer basically kind of, but, (laughs) but better. No, Um, sure. It, it just like appealing to more interests in different groups. Like it, there's such a niche audience for sports and like mm-hmm. everyone knows it and you know who you're looking for and, and that kind of thing. And people know what they're going to like and what they aren't going to like. And they can tell that immediately. But if you can pick off a couple people that, you know, might be big music, like have the same music taste as me, that'd be cool. Or, you know, like the same movies or TV shows. Another thing that I've been debating is like, writing about different experiences of my life going on. So I, I, you know, I have just like these random thoughts, like I'll sit in traffic and wonder like, how, how is this happening at some point in this mass of people? Someone has to be moving forward. Like, why are we sitting still? I've always, you know, that's funny. You say that I've always, whenever I'm sitting in traffic, I'm going, but way up there, people are moving. Why is this happening? It's so frustrating. And everyone like, all the I always say the science people when I don't understand something and people try and explain it to me and I still don't get it. Yeah. So I say like all the science people will tell you like, oh, someone breaking two miles ahead can cause a backup for 12 miles. Like, cool. But how does that affect us right now? Like <laughs> I used to drive to I-294 every day to get to work. Mm-hmm. And there there's one spot like just before O'Hare Airport where there would be just a bubble, like a wide open space for 
set three quarters of a mile probably. And then mm-hmm. it would just be a complete standstill. Yeah. I understand that people are getting onto the expressway, but somewhere someone has to be moving. What are we doing? Somewhere someone's driving like an asshole and just yeah. stopped. I guess. So if the one jackass <laughs> in know, like the not. Hummer is causing the issues, so be it. Like if that's, if it's as easy as that, tell me, but it's not. And people have been trying to explain it and I still don't get it. Mm-hmm. But that goes to the bigger point of like, I see like funny things, you know, I commute to the city of Chicago every day. There's always random things that go on and I have random thoughts about stuff. And I, I think it would be interesting to write about that. I don't know that anyone gives a damn, but Mm -hmm. maybe they do. Maybe they don't. It'd be something to get it out there. And it's also like a completely different style of writing, you know, right. It's more opening yourself up and like, do I really want to give up that much of my life to like the internet and have it be written there? (laughs) Probably not, but yeah, it's, that's the balance. Is yeah. how much do you want to expose about who you really are? Exactly. Not and, even who you really are, but like something where you could write something and it could be interpreted in a way that looks bad upon you and affects you in a in a way that you don't want. Yeah, or even if people like strongly feel the same way, like maybe they try and see you one day, or maybe you know right. try and get into a story, or like do something. Like that's kind of weird, but right. That's like like you said, that's the balance you got to find. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, you, I remember when uh, Bill Simmons did his first, when he did the, his first offshoot, was at the uh, Grantland. Yeah. And I, that's when me and my buddies were like, oh my gosh, like, this is a blog, or not a blog, it was a website, basically a blog as well. Right. About everything he likes and everything that his friends likes. Right. So it wasn't just sports, it was sports and pop culture and music. And now that's kind of evolved into the ringer um, and a bar stool kind of does that now. And Right you name it site does that now but that's like when those when that first came out i was like wow this is awesome that's when we started our own blog as well right where we were doing the same thing kind of basically copying him um but i think you point being i think you should just do it just because yeah you should just write about whatever the hell you want to write about mm-hmm. like whatever whatever interests you is what what you should write about i like there's this new blog um new podcast somewhat new it's from barstool it's called my mom's basement right have you listened to that? Pop Fox, yeah, yeah. It's all. It's just the stuff he likes. I know. It's, it's not. Like, there's so there's no simple. common theme. Yeah, it's just the stuff. He, it's so simple. And that's why, like, and that's kind of like we that's talked about the, before. What, yeah. Like the, I was your gonna say, show, that's kind of this, that's that's kind of this show. Feel. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of this show. That's kind of my inspiration for this is more Joe Rogan, but this right. uh, it's also. I mean, it, it, in same that idea, sense, though. same idea exactly. Joe Rogan just talks to people that he wants thinks are interesting. And, so, and just agrees with them no matter what. Exactly. <laughs> now, that's crazy. So the monkeys are actually us. Yes, Joe, <laughs> that's us. <laughs> Do you listen to that at all? Uh, I when I when he has interesting people on or people that yeah. I'm, I guess people I'm interested in hearing. Not that the people that he has on all the time aren't interesting. When he, when he has specific people that I like, I, I tune in or like I'll watch random clips on YouTube or something, but. I'm not a you know a daily listener. I, yeah, I've kind long. of cut down on daily listening to podcasts. Like I'll listen to, I'll pick and choose shows that I like, and you know certain mm-hmm. ones I keep up with, and then other ones they kind of like fall by the wayside. But I I build up a queue so that like whenever I have flights or long trips or something, I can listen to a bunch. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I pick and choose my days where I get into pot. So some days I just want to listen to some music. Yeah. Some days I just want to sit in the car and not do anything. Exactly. Some kind. Some days I just want to put on a podcast, and it's not a, even a particular. You know, it has to. It's what I'm interested in that day. So I, I am also right. not a daily same podcast listen to person. 
Yeah, and like some of them are so tough because like it's such a time commitment. One right. of my big things is I always wanted to make things like palatable, if you will, mm-hmm. make them sh- like shorter. But then I, you, you know, you don't really build a rhythm or build. Yeah, your podcasts are usually what forty minutes or less. Yeah, typically, like we we tried out a five minute Friday, and mm-hmm. that was brutal because like oh my god, that, these, that already sounds brutal. You pick these awesome topics, and then you only have five minutes to talk about it. And it's like, all right, you each make one point and then one counterpoint, and like that's the show. So that was a little tougher. But then we did like a weekend recap where it was about fifteen to twenty minutes, and that was good. But it was like still too short, still, still missing something. Mm-hmm. And then you know sometimes we just get so into it in the other shows, and it's like an hour and fifteen minutes. And I'm like, does do people want to listen to me talk about like the Maui Invitational for thirty two minutes? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe but like that's the hard part of being like so in the sports world and realm. Mm-hmm. I guess I should say where like if people don't want to listen to that part, like they, there's no point in them listening to the show. Right, right. So, that's a that's a tough thing about podcasting in general, but yeah. especially a sports podcast. Right, is, and there's um, there are a dime a dozen. So it's right. like if you don't like me or my opinions, go to the next guy because he might exactly. have ones that are better. That's a good. That's a great point. There's also you know if I ha- I've had friends that bug me about my show they go i like your show but it's too long right so now like it's over an hour they're like you should be doing 40 45 minutes or less and i can see that point but then i feel like that takes away like our flow and our conversation i mean if you cut us to 45 right now we stop like halfway through the college football playoff like we're not even at this stuff right you know exactly so that that's the thing is but who's committed to listening to me for this long? A decent amount of people are. Um, Shout out to but them. I, I, <laughs> but, I, but I do wonder if I was able to just articulate my thoughts and cut this down to under an hour, would it grow the show? Right. Like, know. what's the yeah. difference? Right. You know? And how many people would that grow it to? It is even worth it at that point. Yeah. And a big, like a big thing we've been toying with is like, do we want to start making videos? Like, do I like the idea of talking into a camera? Probably not. But like, <laughs> is it going to help? It seems like video is the way to go. Vi- video is the best way. Yeah. The YouTube- but, YouTubers are. Yeah. They're nuts. Make, they're nuts. Yeah. And, and well, and it's just everyone's on you. Like you, if you, if you're able to parlay it into a YouTube thing, I, right. I think it'll just expand your show even more or expand your, your, uh, your network. Right. I mean, it, but it's just like getting it done and doing it and then obviously learning like mini, minimal video editing, but still being able to do that. And Well, like you would you need said, to cut it so that you get all your ums and out, uh, uhs right, out. Right. And you don't want it to be scripted too, because then it doesn't feel like natural. So right. it's so, uh, there's such a fine line. Um, they, in college, we actually had to do a video like talking, essentially reading a paper we wrote and it was the dumbest thing. And it took me, I obviously waited till the last minute. It took me like four hours just to record it properly mm. and get the video so that I said everything right. But then like where my eyes were looking and all this stuff that you don't even think about with a camera. So that was a pain in the yeah. ass. And I'm like, I really don't want to get back into that. But I know that it's just so such a good opportunity. Yeah. Videos are just another, another ball game. They we are. used to do video for our podcast um, for a bit. Um, and I hated it. I mean, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't like, it wasn't cause I hated being on video. I was, you it was another level of having to be on that. I just didn't yeah. want to do. I, like I, I wasn't as relaxed. You have to be so cognizant of like every little thing that's going on. Right, right, right. So, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I'm looking at your site. You do have a culture section, so it's something you've already ingrained on, or put on there. Yeah, it's there. So it's something you could easily just parlay into. Yeah, I, a big thing I want to do is change how um, posts are updated. So like now, anything that's posted obviously goes right to the homepage. Mm-hmm. But I need it to be so that like it's such an easy fix, but I just haven't done it because I'm lazy and don't have the time or have the time, but I don't want to dedicate it to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if it goes to culture, like it'll it won't go to the homepage, but it'll go to like a sidebar, or it'll go just to the culture homepage, and like people can go directly there if they want to see that kind of stuff. Because I feel like a big thing we argued was what is our like what is the branding like what do what do you want people to think when they see your name? Mm-hmm. And everyone agreed that they want to want to think sports. Obviously, sure. the name helps, but like. If you go to our site and there's like five straight, like the top five posts are about um, like TV shows or something, right? Aren't you going to wonder like, okay, I thought this was a sports site. Where's the sports? Yeah, like you sure. can obviously see it in the the menu bar, but you know, is it is it still a sports site? Yes, but I, so that's something we've been toying with, and like maybe we're just overthinking it. But yeah, I think it's just one of those things where you gotta just gotta be like, fuck it, we're gonna write about what we want to write about, right? And it's it's definitely getting to that point. Like probably in the next few weeks, hopefully, maybe. I because I, I was gonna say this this podcast lives on the Jock and Nerd site. So there was that yeah. thought of oh maybe I should start my own thing, like really start my own thing and have my own website, my own mm-hmm. blog, because I don't want people to be confused when they go Jock and Nerd and they listen to this and I'm talking to some some guy about the abortion law in Alabama. Like, wait, what right. does this have to do with Jock and Nerd? But right. for now, my mindset right now has just been, fuck it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm I mean, doing that, whatever I want to do, and yeah. you'll either figure it out or you won't. And look, I think it's, like, the easiest way because it's already established. <laughs> right. <laughs> People know your brand already, and that, right. like, that's kind of the hard thing for us because if you look at the numbers, like, 90% of, or not 90, 77% of people that come to our site are new visitors. Oh, so, wow, that's good. like, you, you want to obviously you want that you to always want to make the best first impression right but yeah you want to make a good first impression but you want you also want like if someone wants to come to a site for sports you want to be that site and you want to like give that opinion off so mm-hmm. it could be i mean it could just be overthinking like marketing brain or it could just be like we just got to fucking do it and see what happens well my advice would be just just fucking do it and see what happens that's like Ask, just ask for forgiveness afterwards. Don't ask for right, permission. Right, exactly. Exactly. Well, Brian, I think we're, uh, we're wrapping up here. Um, I do want to ask you one thing, though, before sure. we wrap up. You had mentioned ESPN. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, ESPN currently as a network? Boy. Um, <laughs> they do live sports better than anyone else. I'll say okay. that much. Okay. Their programming is terrible. Like, are they still very debate focused? Yes. Yeah. Because um, I don't watch a ton of ESPN anymore. The personalities, I mean, exactly. People just don't watch ESPN anymore. And that's the thing. The personalities are okay. Like, everyone loves Stephen A. Smith because he's essentially just the internet meme now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's turning into that so hard, which is awesome. Like, that makes it so much better because he knows <laughs> what's going on and he's like trying to help it out too. Mm-hmm. But. Before it was like a novelty thing, like oh, you got Skip Bayless on there just talking about like the craziest shit out of the side of his mouth, and then Stephen A. sits there for five minutes pondering it, and then just starts screaming back at him. That's funny. 
Now right. it's like, oh my God, we have seven debate shows back to back to back to back to back to back. What right. are you doing? Like, it's just, it's so tough. And especially like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, like if you want your highlights, you just go to Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Yeah, Instagram, I mean. You don't have to worry about watching an hour of Sports Center, but like, Early two thousands, mid two thousands, you had to, you could go to websites, but you had to like watch Sports Center in order to figure it out. It was must see TV, yeah. And it was like the heyday of yeah, not the heyday, but it was like quality ESPN. Like Stuart Scott is one of the all time greats at what he did. They had so many good, like Scott Van Pelt's obviously still great. Neil Everett, those guys, all awesome. But they, I don't know, like for so many kids growing up, or at least how I felt when I was young, is like. Your dream was to be on Sports Center, whether mm-hmm. it was like be the guy, like the anchor hosting Sports Center, or be like the athlete in Sports Center. But that was your dream. Now I don't know that kids feel that way, and I certainly wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what what they need to do to turn it around. I, I mean, I can obviously get away from the debate stuff and get yeah. into some real analysis again right. of sports. But I mean, they're they're smart people and. Maybe the debate stuff is still is still drawn for them. So I, ESPN I, don't, know, I, don't, I don't watch a ton of it. It's going to be a saving grace, I think. Because ESPN Plus is a big thing for them. I love it. I was so skeptical at first. I, tra- I had a trial during uh, the conference tournaments of college basketball, and I I as you can tell, I'm a junkie. Like need need college basketball. So I'd watch right. like Hampton and Mississippi Valley State play <laughs> and like just eat it up because they showed it on ESPN Plus. Like that's the stuff and. I was so into it and, you know, I occasionally, like, I like soccer, but I don't keep up with it as much. But at the end of the year in England, they have the playoffs and I was watching the playoffs, like, on the side computer during work. And, like, it was perfect because ESPN Plus does it all. So you're liking ESPN Plus. I do. I think I think it's such a good product, such a good idea. Like, streaming is the future, obviously. 100%. And they're all over it. Like, they're doing it so well right now. And they charge such a low price. Like if you look it's five at five bucks, yeah. You look at Netflix; it's what twelve dollars now. Hulu's ESPN Plus like, is five, right? What's that? ESPN Plus is five. Yeah, four ninety nine. Hulu's yeah, they, like seven dollars. Netflix is like twelve. Like all these streaming sites cost money. But when well, you, do, you know what their when, main competition is for streaming? Have you heard of DAZN? Oh yeah, they they're starting in like fighting sports, aren't they? No, well they they've been they've they're so they're pretty big in Europe. Okay. Um, but they they um have like MMA, boxing, right? Like De- Deontay Wilder's last fight, I think, was on DAZN. Yeah. Or Anthony, no, Anthony Joshua's last fight was on DAZN, and uh, um, they have like other sports as well. It's not just combat, but they're nineteen ninety nine a month. Jeez. Well, they they used to be like under ten, I believe, but then they realized that people were just buying their their subscription for the month that they wanted to see a fight. Right. So then they decided to price up. So I. I don't know what ESPN eventually will do, but um, ESPN has invested a ton in ESPN Plus. I mean, they bought, they invested like $150 million a year in the UFC. Yeah. That they're getting a ton of UFC fights. They have um, a bunch of other stuff that you mentioned. So we'll see. I mean, I think it is a smart move for them to go into the streaming. And I think, I mean, it's 100% to uh, back up the cable card uh, because, like, that is essentially what they charge these. Um, what's it called the providers mm-hmm. to to air espn i think it's like oh, really? 547 is what it cut $5.47 a month mm-hmm. that's what they charge the provider something along those lines so like gotcha. 499 you're right there yeah you're right there and like until cable cutting becomes like a massive thing 
you're still making that money from the cable, like the cable companies, and you're getting your revenue from uh, the streaming service. So it's like no brainer. Well, and with ESPN Plus, I don't know how much you follow MMA, but now ESPN Plus, you have to have ESPN Plus to yeah. order a UFC pay per view. Yeah, I saw so, that. Yeah, you, ESPN Plus is making money off that as well. Such a smart move for the UFC too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I would argue that they're not growing the sport, but no, but it's. I mean, it's. But they're making guaranteed money. They are, and safety is the key, essentially, in business. So, like, yeah. if you know you can keep, you can stay afloat, and all that. And like, just hope to God that your fighter, like, you get personalities in fighting. That's that's going to be your saving grace right there. But they uh, they needed something to ensure that they were going to be all right. Yeah, not that they were sure. in trouble, but no, that that guaranteed money is huge. Exactly. Well, we're let's wrap this up. Is there anything? And you, you can again plug the website, plug the blogs, or plug the podcasts. Anything you want to plug before you get out of here? No, I mean just. Read up on the NCAA. They're corrupt as shit and terrible organization. <laughs> um, but other than that, lmbfsports.com, LMBF Sports on social, and my personal one, if you want it again, B. Franklin 1993 on Twitter. And your podcast is all up on your website. And yeah. It's on all the big podcasting apps. It is. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network We'll get you back to your regularly scheduled podcast in just a minute, but we want to introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake on this highly produced advertisement. That's right. It's the History of Bad Ideas, a.k.a. Hobie. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast. And on Facebook at The History of Bad Ideas. But if you like a podcast uh, roundtable with three to five guests, usually every week, depending on sick relief, uh, talking about all things geek, including movies, TV. I ain't getting paid for this shit. Blake bitching about something and ranting uh, and comic books and anything else that we can think of. We have a top five list every week along with a box office news and somehow we have listeners so they send us some feedback we answer every week you can find us on itunes stitcher facebook spotify and any good podcast app because if you can't find us on that podcast app it's not a good podcast app damn straight roger says goodbye goodbye Ciao.